as we get started, I may as well just jump in and say, um, Sierra, that Carol and I had a bet, listeners, it's it's pronounced Sierra. Okay. And we're excited to talk to you today. Um, yeah. I mean, I... I don't know which direction it'll go. Carol usually takes the lead, but um, you have so much to share with us, and I am impressed oh. already with what the listeners are about to to learn about you. Yay! Well, I'm so excited. It's always just fun to visit. So I love this style of just con- conversation. Absolutely, because yeah. there's so much that comes out of it, and it's just so lovely to meet. So I am going to just read a little bit to introduce our listeners to yes. you before we jump in. Okay. And then we do want to hear about the triathlons. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So she's Sierra Stockland knows the highs and lows of business, both as a coach and as a business owner, and she knows exactly what works and doesn't. I love this. You were born to be an entrepreneur. <laughs> Selling mm-hmm. rocks to her neighbors at yes. five years old. Wait, was that rocks? Rocks. rocks. And yeah, I okay. guess pet, pet rocks or just rocks? Just rocks. <laughs> That's a good start. <laughs> just rocks. She has done it all. She has opened two retail stores within two years, merged them together into a franchise, creating and marketing wholesale subscription boxes for boutique retailers and successfully selling that service within the first 18 months. Most recently, Sarah has launched the Boutique Workshop, which we're going to hear more about in this episode, a coaching program for retailers. And I'm so pleased because we have not had a guest, Trish, on board talking retail it's always been online, you know, digital That's marketing. hard to believe. Hard so to it's believe. It's wonderful, Sierra, to have you with us. So Sierra coaches retail owners from the perspective of someone who's done it successfully and teaching others to find the same success that she has. So welcome to our show, Sierra. Thank welcome. you. Thanks for having me. That's well, the official welcome. That is. All right. A very warm one, too. <laughs> so before we jump into business topics, we have to know about... The triathlon. Yes. Clapping. Yeah, well done. I gather from your post that you completed it. So tell us more about it. Yes. So I just completed my first Ironman. It'll be a little over a week now. Um, I wish we had we sound could go effects. Now. We would oh. totally do sound effects right now. Right, this those cheering. The, yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, no, it was great. So I've done a lot of 5Ks and, um, you know, I've always been short distance because it's easy to train for. I have a short attention span. I've done a couple sprint triathlons, but um, my husband has always wanted to do an Ironman. And I was happy to support him and said, I would never be so crazy as to, you know, train for six hours a day and all the things until I went and I watched his Ironman. And what really inspired me more than anything was actually the fans watching people who knew nothing about the athletes cheering (laughs) for their success. And it just, I thought, I want to be part of this. So, um, and I thought if he can do it, I can do it. So um, yeah, so I trained for about 16 weeks and um, I that's just completed it, my first it. one. 16 yes. weeks? Yeah, kind of my style oh, though. My Let's just goodness. get in and get it done. So, listeners, let me just tell you, listeners, this is Sierra, since we're not visual today. Beautiful, probably, I don't even want to guess age, beautiful, young, fit. To think of an Iron Man situation blows my mind. So, what you've just described is amazing. I it have was to so ask, neat. Sierra, which one was your favorite, the swim, the cycle, or the run? So interestingly enough, my my event would be a, the run. Like I would be a runner by nature. 
But the best event for me that day was the bike. It was the cycle. So um, I picked Texas because it's flat and North Dakota where I live is very flat. So I was like, I need a flat bike and a flat run. I don't need hills. Um, and it's very windy here in North Dakota. So a lot of my training days, it was, you know, 17, 20 mile an hour winds, which is awful for training, but it prepared me really well for Texas, which is windy. Um, we actually rode on the toll road. So they shut down the interstate and we had the toll road to ride on and 20 miles out in straight into the wind, 20 miles with the wind at your back. And while a lot of people just struggled on the bike, I flew. I felt like I owned the road. I was passing so many men, you guys. It was amazing. I was like, that is fantastic. So yeah, so I had an amazing bike. I actually ended up getting a bit sick um, because it was very, very hot. Where was this in Texas, Sierra? Houston. Houston. Yeah. So it was around 88, 90 degrees humid. So my run, um, was not, I didn't feel very well on the run. And so it ended up that the bike was, was my event of the day. And I love it. You had a strategy. You guys had a real strategy and I'm assuming that this is what people do. Um, I'm thinking of when I used to work in big bear, California, that people like Mike Tyson and Evander Holyfield used to train up at high altitudes. Was that your strategy then to find, make sure you had those conditions? Yes. And so, and that actually ties into business or anything in life. I think we can't, if we want to be successful, and be the best we can be, we have to do the uncomfortable things. So I remember some particular days where it was awful windy and I could have just ridden my trainer in the house um, and watch TV, throw the TV on whatever. But I (laughs) thought, you know what? It's going to be windy there. I can't control the heat. I don't have heat where we are, but I can get really used to the wind. So I would go out specifically to one road that was so windy that when I would train and ride, you know, you get, you guys can see me, but I would be leaning you know, because it'd be so windy, but I thought if I can do this, I'll be fine on race day. And I was, so I think pushing ourselves to be very uncomfortable prepares us to do an Excel, you know, later. So, and that's a sound bite. That's a sound bite that I definitely want to hold on to. And it ties right into my question here. I love that you have to do the uncomfortable and literally I can relate to that. Winter's coming. I live in Montana, by the way, we live. Okay. So we're kind of neighbors there. Yeah, we are. We are. And Joel and I moved from Washington state. And when winter hits, we both talk about what are we going to do to get our butts out of the chair and outside we've got snowshoes, we've got skis. It is not. And Carol and I talked about it. It does not come instinctively in the wintertime. Right. But my question for you is, tell us more um, in in the vein, um, Sierra, of doing the uncomfortable to succeed. Tell us more about determining how to show up being honest with your yeah. strengths, your weaknesses. Our listeners are mostly women professionals. They love to travel. They mm-hmm. love to know how to keep going, how to keep moving. So how do you show up uh, with your strengths, your weaknesses, your personal goals? What keeps yeah. you going? Well, one, I have a mentor that I, oh my goodness, such an amazing woman. She was a Marine. I, she is a Marine. Wow. <laughs> That's Marine, always a Marine. Um, she's in business, corporate America now. She's just a fabulous person and human. And she told me once, Sierra, you need to, your palms should always be sweaty. And I thought, well, that's just a weird, what, what do you mean? I actually texted her after my Ironman. I did it. My palms were sweaty, right? So we want to be pushing ourselves to a place where we, we shouldn't be comfortable. If we're sitting and we're comfortable, we need to push and we need to show up. 
And then I think asking for help and direction. So when I signed up for my Ironman, literally the next day, I looked for a coach because I could have downloaded. There's a lots of plans that are fabulous training plans and whatever, you know, couch to Ironman and all the things, but I wanted someone, my criteria was I wanted a female because I wanted someone who I could just really relate to. And I wanted someone who had done an Ironman. I didn't want a running coach or triathlete coach. I wanted someone who had been who could there. They'd been yes. where you were going. Yes. Okay. Um, and so I think all of those things, like pushing yourself to be uncomfortable, asking for help, and then looking for expert tools and or people that can Super. like push you, tell you the truth, and encourage you when you need the encouragement too. And I think that is just so, so valuable because, you know, both Trish and myself are coaches. You're a coach. We're coaches in different capacities and mm-hmm. reaching out to different people. Yes. And the importance of not doing that journey alone. Yes. So, you know, everybody, I, I have this visual image of reaching up to hold somebody's hand and putting your hand behind you to give your hand to somebody. I love that. Yeah. And that that is just, you know, we we can all do with some help. And we don't yes. have to go it alone, but it is, it's, it's finding that right person and, you know, brave and, and the right thing that you did, finding a person who'd experienced what you needed to step into and experience. Yes. Now, I know that our conversation is new, as I mentioned, Sierra, that having retail and talking about retail, and I'm excited to do that because at 2020, that must have been an interesting yes. year for you in retail. But just supporting boutique owners, you said, you know, focusing first on building a profitable boutique. We would just love to give you the mic and tell us, tell us about this journey, boutiques, retail, whatever you want to share with our listeners. Okay. Yes. So I launched my first boutique business in 2006. And then 2007, I opened a second retail concept right next door. So I had two concepts going very, very different. One was a high-end maternity baby. One was a designer outlet store. Very different concepts. In 2008, I merged them um, into a designer outlet boutique. So I had my beautiful child and my ugly child. And my ugly child made money. My beautiful child was struggling. You know, so what do you do? So I said, why can't? And I think we need as entrepreneurs to come from this mindset of it doesn't have to be either or. What about and both, right? So, okay. This concept, this product makes me money, but I love the look of this. It doesn't have to be either or. What if I, you know, merge them? And so that's what I did. And then ended up franchising, built that and grew that for about a decade. And when I got out of brick and mortar retail, um, launched the subscription box model because of my, just my background in wholesale and retail. And I saw a niche that needed to be filled there. Um, I wanted to build that and sell it. So was able to do that, but through that boutique box, um, business, started meeting boutique owners that were asking me questions. How, how should I price my product? Where do you find things? What is margin? All of these questions. And I was very resistant to teaching, coaching or anything like that. Um, but then I thought, you know, I have the answers and it would be selfish for me because of past experience or where I feel like I'm incapable to just hoard that information and not help and share. And so, um, just started opening up my heart to, boutique owners that would ask me questions. And so I launched a little beta coaching program and that blossomed into the boutique workshop. And that's what I'm doing full time now is just coaching boutique retailers um, and really helping them see the areas that 
I know I missed in my retail journey, things that I learned later on that I wish I would have known from the beginning, things that I did really, really well that I want to teach them and help them duplicate. Um, And so that's what we do. Just every week we work on retail concepts based around building a strong foundation in the numbers side of their business. Sierra, Carol and I, you know, we usually have, as you can imagine, questions. We do a little bit of homework before we meet with our guests. And I need to let Carol know I'm going to jump ship a little bit with my questions because we're so selfish. Everything you've said just brings up so many new questions for me. And I'm going to be in the spirit of authenticity. Your what you're doing now is something I need. I literally was talking to a friend the other day, a, a colleague. Um, so my question for you, I have two, Carol, and I'll I'll make them quick. Um, number one, uh, where did you go to college? And number two, uh, tell me a little about this group coaching that you're doing because the strategy yes. is needed. I need it, therefore I'm considering, as Carol knows, creating something similar in my. I guess you could call it in my little pool, which is I work with, um, you know, anxiety and depression, but also in sales. So um, tell me that. Where did you go to school? Because you have such a diverse set of skills and you keep them organized. And then tell us a little about what you're doing now in the way you're doing it. Yes. So I went to the school of hard knocks, actually. That awesome. is awesome. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, um, I did not go to college. I went for probably a I semester. I admire you worth. even more oh. because you're, I really do. <laughs> yeah. Just so my family was entrepreneurial. My grandpa owned a business. My dad owned a business. And I remember a, a drive with my, I would go to my, with my dad every Saturday to go get the car washed. It was like our time. And I remember driving like down the street in Fargo, I'm like, dad, what should I do? What should I do? You know, it's high school. What, what, what do you want to do? I don't know. I don't, I just couldn't think of anything where I was like, here's what you do. Here's what you learn. Um, I didn't, I love learning, but I didn't like school. If that makes sense. I love to investigate and understand, but I want to investigate what I'm interested in, not what people lay out for me as an agenda. And maybe so, do it your way, right? Just do it do my it way. And way. I'm a very hands-on mm-hmm. learner. Like, just tell me how to do it. I'll figure it out. So I tried a bit of school um, in flute, actually. So I was a flute player. Oh, I played and I, the flute. Yes. And I was like, <laughs> I love playing. I like performing, but I didn't want to teach it. So, and, you know, I mean, there's like two flute players in every orchestra. So the chances of getting in, you know. So I ended up, um, I had started a business when I was 13, an acting company. I was homeschooled and that had blossomed a lot by my senior year of high school. So I thought, I'm just going to go with that. I'm just going to keep working on that. And so um, that's what I did. So I built that, grew that. And then I ended up getting into retail because I got married, had two little people, and I didn't want to do the acting company anymore. And so children as well, by the way, listeners, women feeling overwhelmed. She's got children. She did an Iron Man. She's entrepreneurial and obviously role models. This is answering my question here. You had incredible role models. Yes. Um, College is not always, always necessary for sure. Yeah, it's not. And so that's what I did. So I just learned. I've always asked questions. So when I got into retail, sought out people who had done it very successfully, sought out other business owners. That's how I love to learn, read, listen to podcasts, ask questions, be inquisitive, try things, always try things. If it doesn't work, you just try something else or you change direction. And so, yeah, so that's how I learned. And then the boutique workshop, 
you know, the coaching side of it, group coaching, my goal is to make the most phenomenal group coaching program available anywhere because people have been very burnt by group coaching and courses and classes. They show up, they aren't helped, they aren't heard, they aren't seen. But group coaching, if done right, can be such a phenomenal way to get education without a high ticket coaching price. So for those of my members who, you know, can't afford to book one-on-one days with me, but want to learn and are willing to, you know, step up and do the work as well, group coaching is an awesome way for them to get in, to learn the information, to be in a community. Um, If group coaching is done well, a community of other people pushing in the same direction, you get accountability. And so that's what I've built the boutique workshop into. We still have time. I'm looking at the clock and I get greedy. I get greedy with my questions. So Carol, this is my last question. And then you're on. Um, I have to know about balance. You answered those perfectly. I mean, for me, I love that you are, first of all, I love the school of hard knocks. I paid my way through a state college myself, and I'm not so sure um, it taught me, um, you know, rituals and discipline, but I've taught myself a lot more. I know that. So um, I want to know about balance because the specialty I'm in now, which is taking some, I guess I would say I'm expanding. I'm not departing from it necessarily, but I'm expanding that reach um, because I'm seeing that women don't, a lot of women don't seem to want to spend money on themselves. So right. I, my question for you is, I love the idea that we have to push ourselves. We should be sweaty. We should do things that scare us. We shouldn't be comfortable. However, I just did a little bits and bites last night about shutting the technology down, knowing Mm -hmm. when you're overwhelmed, the fact that our brains can only take so much. Tell me how you, Sierra, find balance between the two. Yeah, I think it's when you come from a mindset of learning and being inquisitive, it teaches you to keep being introspective. And so honestly, Trish, right now I'm going through this because I'm realizing I'm getting up in the morning, I'm looking at my phone I'm sitting in my quiet time. I'm going through and I'm like, that's, it's like a little warning, like Sierra, something's a little off. You need to recalibrate. Um, and so being willing to like, listen to that and being intuitive to what, you know, you want in life, what, you know, makes you peaceful and calm and then listening to it and then paying attention and taking action on it. So like literally this is just this week. I was out with my son in um, DC over the weekend and we were talking about establishing new habits. And I mentioned to him, you know, I feel like my social media or my phone or whatever I do on my phone is getting a little bit out of control of where I want it, out of balance of where I want it. I'm going to work on that. I, I need to figure, I don't know how, but I'm going to do something. I'm going to take action on that. So I, that's what I'm working on now. So I think it's constantly just being introspective, but then taking action Awareness when we feel unbalanced. And, action. and I love yeah. that because Trish and I, the two things that that brings to mind. One is I have just, I say I'm rereading, but I'm listening to Atomic Habits. Yes. And oh, I love that book. Time so I, good. Uh, first yes. time I read it, it just didn't sit with me. I just couldn't get into that. But now listening to him talk about, you know, two minute habits, try something yes. for two minutes or habit stacking and yes. building it on top of it. And I think it was James Carey who said days gone by, he used to give his assistant the passwords to all his social media accounts and she would change them every week. Oh, now that's a bit yeah. hectic for me, but he would only have access to it, you know, on the weekend. Um, yep. So I personally set time limits on my phone. 
mm-hmm. cannot get on on a Sunday. It just blocks me completely. There's no social on a Sunday. Yes. Um, so, you know, unfortunately, those birthdays that I miss on a Sunday, I'm sorry. <laughs> but funny enough, Trish and I were just talking also about seasons. Yes. And, re- and respecting the seasons and how our bodies and minds do that we cannot be in the same gear 365 days no summer and spring and winter and fall each do something a little different and then Mm -hmm. if you're talking about being introspective allowing some of that just to seep in and perhaps changing sometimes my daughter has a wonderful thing where she has her morning routines she has a selection so they don't always look the same yeah that's quiet time Yes. Maybe yoga, maybe meditation, maybe reading a book, maybe journaling. Nice. But it's not pushing yourself to go, oh, I should have journaled this morning. I should have. Right. Should Expectation. Have and right. just giving, um, you know, a, a little, because we're human and we need to change. We yes. can't, you know, and that's part of the learning, which is so and inspiring. Then we need to, yeah. And I think we need to set ourselves up for success too. So one thing I know about myself, which I did not know in all my years of retail. And so part of this balance comes from, I know where I've been and I never want to go back there again. Um, but emails. So I know if I get something confrontational, it could be not even bad, but just something that I have to fix or work on. I won't rest easy until it's done. And so why open my emails at six o'clock at night when I know I can't finish out an issue, a problem or something like that. So I'm just setting myself up for failure to have a really agitated evening to stress and worry by opening my email. So when you know, it's done. I don't open email. Same thing on the weekend. I'm not going to, cause I'm not going to be able to fix a problem anyway. So why not do it in the morning when I can just deal with something and I rarely have problems, but you know what I mean? So things like that or DMS people, if they, so when I was gone, I just removed the, the DM or the messenger app from my phone, because I don't like having notifications that aren't dealt with. So that I don't want to see the notification. Exactly. Because then then it's in your head and it's, it goes, it it revolves, it circulates in that unresolved part of our brain. And, and I love the idea it's permission and it's boundary setting. It's I'm giving myself permission to shut this down and that's a healthy boundary. Yay me. So I'm, that's great advice for our listeners, Sierra. So, Sierra, I'm going to leave you with one last question. And because of doing the the Ironman, there had to have been goals. Do you have simple tips that you could share with our audience for breaking down a goal? When sometimes goals feel so overwhelming, how can we simplify that? So I love, um, anytime I goal set or teach goal setting, we look at a big goal first. So what is your goal for the next year revenue-wise? Or what do you want to do in revenue this, this month? And then break it down and break it down, break it down as granular as you can get it. So in the Ironman, my A goal, my overarching goal was to finish. That was my big goal. But then I had a goal for the swim, for each transition, for, you know, the bike, for the run. I had a goal for my nutrition. I knew I would most likely not make every single goal, but having a goal broken down allowed me to just check off some and to push myself towards my overarching goal, which I completed the Ironman. So I did great in that. Um, and then some goals I met, some I didn't, some I got close to, but now I can, I have a benchmark. So I signed up for another one because now I need to go to another one and, was, and get close. So right? you've so raised your bar. You've raised yes, your absolutely. bar. I was going to ask you if there was another one on the calendar. Yes, so. Of course we can't so just tell us what one, it is so. to make it public. <laughs> so I will be doing Ironman Alaska next August. Wow. Oh, yes. Wonderful. Yes. Yeah. I'm so excited. So um, yeah, so that's the, the style the and the method that I climate, work. by the way. So a whole different yes. animal. 
Yes, I will. It's much cooler. It'll be beautiful. The water will be cold though. So that'll be, that'll be something hard for me because I don't like being cold. So yeah, so it pushes me in a different way. Um, and I think as business owners setting that big goal, breaking it down, because if we say, I want to do $250,000 this year is okay. How is that going to happen? Well, what is that a month? What is that a week? What is that a day? Then within that day, how many people, what's the average ticket? And you might make your average ticket goal, but not your people goal one day, but then the next day you have another little goal. Right. And so that helps push us. And then you get to the end of the year and you say, oh my goodness, look at that. I did, did 250,000. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's a wonderful note to leave our audience with Trish. Don't you agree? That's, yes. And yes. I hope you'll come back again. We'd love this. Anytime so you ladies are so much fun to visit. We with. really are. We're yes. kind of the best. <laughs> there I is love out it. There. <laughs> thank you so much, Sierra. Thank you, Sierra. Thank I have you guys. to share with those that are listening to us. We do ask you to connect with our wonderful guests that we do have on the show. I will have all of Sierra's links to find out more about where to find her, connect with her, follow her, but do follow because that is how you broaden your community of people that you perhaps yes. wouldn't have connected with. And we also want to f- help you find ways to be inspired, build your business with confidence and courage and create what you desire. Step into the freedom of doing and being you. There's only one of you. So thanks, Sierra, for joining us. Thank it was you. wonderful. Thanks for joining us today. If you have loved what you've listened to, we'd love for you to share it with your friends and a quick intro to your hosts. I am Carol, a small business strategist who loves marketing, and you will find peer support and accountability in my Motivate Mastermind Club. Visit LisbonRetreats.com to forget all the details. And my co-host Trish is a certified professional wellness coach working specifically in areas of stress and burnout. You'll find her at healthylifemindset.com. Connect with us on social media. We'd love to get to know you. You'll find all the links in the show notes. Until next time, bye-bye.